If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Damian Bulwa. Today on Fifth and Mission, if it seems like more of your family members, friends, and coworkers are coming down with COVID, that's because they are. Once again, California and the nation are seeing a winter surge in infections. And once again, that spread is being driven by new variants of the virus. With the holidays right around the corner, we wanted to tell you what you need to know about COVID in the Bay Area and how you can keep yourself safe. How much of the virus is spreading? How are the hospitals holding up? Is mandatory masking coming back? And what's the latest on vaccines and treatments? My guests to walk us through all of these questions and more are Chronicle reporters, Ideen Vaziri and Claire Howe. Thanks guys for joining me. Ideen, I wanna start with you. We heard a lot in recent weeks about the potential surge coming. Worry about the surge, is it happening? Why? And will it look like previous surges? Right. So since July, cases were moving down. All trends were good. Hospitalizations, cases, everything was falling after that summer wave. Thanksgiving week and now, you know, a week or two out, we're just seeing vertical lines. Everything's just moving back up. And a lot of people think the surge is already here. You know, we thought it was going to maybe kick in in January like it did last year. But if you look at the wastewater, you just see vertical lines. So the wastewater, we see that first before we actually see it in things like cases and hospitalizations. Exactly. It kind of predicts where things are going to go. And the case numbers are not that reliable anymore because everyone's taking home tests. So that's not reported. Although it, when you look at the case numbers, you get a good directional idea of where things are going. And they are going back up. So wastewater, hospitalizations, those are the indicators that we look at now. And both of those are just shooting up. I think in California, we had a 150% jump in hospital admissions in a month. So that's that's a little bit alarming. And public health officials are concerned. Okay, I want, this is a question for both of you. I mean, a long time ago when we would talk about these surges, a lot of it was talking about gatherings, gathering for Thanksgiving. There's obviously in the flu, you always talk about the weather people gathering closer together. But is this the time of year or is it these variants that we're seeing? I would say it's both. Infectious disease experts that I've talked to have said that they're not surprised that there's an increase in cases and hospitalizations. This virus, you know, it spreads better in colder temperature. People are gathering indoors, people are traveling. So that definitely contributes to higher case numbers but at the same time, the new subvariants, particularly BQ1 and BQ1.1, which are descendants of the Omicron variant, they're also known as what are the most immune evasive yet. And what that means really is that they're more capable than previous strains of the virus to get past the body's first line defense mechanisms um, and thus more likely for people to get infected. And are they more or less serious in terms of the illness that you see? 
Like other Omicron subvariants, it seems that severe illness is less likely. Physicians that I've talked to at local hospitals, they say that they're seeing a lot less serious illness. They're not really seeing anybody in intensive care or requiring life support. So that's the good news there. Another thing, the reason we're seeing less severe illness is because of the amount of immunity we have now from prior infection, from the vaccine. Some of us are up to five or six vaccine doses now. So that is kind of changing. You know, COVID hasn't changed, but the way our bodies are reacting to it, it's become a milder disease because we have, our bodies are familiar with it now than they were in 2020. So that's that's helping as well. I know you guys have seen cases go up. You, you, you know, you said that, that it's not quite as accurate as we need it to be. Well, but what about hospitalizations and what about deaths? So hospitals are nearing capacity. They're not as bad as they were last winter when, you know, they were setting up tents and parking lots just to deal with the influx of patients. We're not there yet. They are under some stress, but it's not just COVID this time. After two years of pretty much no flu or RSV, we're seeing huge upticks in those cases as well. So the hospitals are dealing not only with COVID patients, but with flu patients and all these other respiratory viruses that are really stretching the system thin. I was looking at some numbers from the CDC and hospitals are the fullest they've been at any point during the pandemic right now. So that's a combination of things, but it's still cause for concern, especially for these public health officials and these doctors and nurses and physicians who've had to deal with two, you know, very exhausting winters. They're, they're concerned. Yeah, and I'll just add that that's also why rising COVID cases and, you know, following that, rising hospitalizations are concerning because they're exacerbating the strain that hospitals are already seeing with the level of COVID that was there before and really, really high levels of flu and RSV. But what are we seeing specifically in the hospitals now in terms of whether a lot of these hospitalizations are leading to deaths? That's the good news is that the death rate is far lower than it was in any of the previous surges. The U.S. is still averaging between 300 and 400 deaths a day, which is a lot, but it's much better than we've seen in the past. And California, I think, is down to 30 a day, which, you know, again... We don't want to be there, but it's an improvement over what we've seen in the previous two, two and a half years. Yeah, not as bad, but obviously a reminder of the the continuing toll that we're seeing. I do want to stop us there and take a quick break. We'll be right back with Aideen Vaziri and Claire Howe on Fifth and Mission. We'll be right back. You can support Fifth and Mission and the newsroom that creates it by signing up for unlimited access at sfchronicle.com slash pod or by downloading the San Francisco Chronicle app. Welcome back to Fifth and Mission. I'm Damian Bulwood, joined by Chronicle reporters Ideen Vaziri and Claire Howe. We're talking about, unfortunately, the winter surge of the coronavirus. We are still in a pandemic. Let's talk about vaccines, guys. Do the vaccines, Claire, work against these subvariants that have started to take over? That is really the main concern with how immune evasive these new subvariants are, is that even the newest bivalent 
booster shots, which were rolled out at the end of August, are losing efficacy fast. There's been two recent studies that came out that neutralizing antibodies really are no match for these new variants. And so just to explain what all of that means a little bit more, neutralizing antibodies are among the immune system's first line of defense against infection. They prevent the virus from entering the human cell, and they're often measured to assess how well the immune system will protect against infection. And the newest subvariants, they have mutations specifically on the region that antibodies would bind to to prevent infection. So essentially, it's even with the new vaccines, there's a higher chance of being infected. Still, though, public health officials, experts, scientists really want people to get these new bivalent boosters across the country. Less than 13% have gotten them. Still, vaccines, they stimulate the body to produce what are known as T and B cells, which are the protectors against severe disease. So even if bivalent boosters aren't as effective anymore in preventing infection, they're still our best bet against protecting against severe disease. All right. So still get the shots. Ideen, why aren't people getting them? Just general pandemic fatigue, even in the Bay Area where in California, where we lined up, you know, for hours to get those first round of shots. Only something like 18% of Californians have gotten the, these updated boosters. So people are tired. They're tired of wearing masks. They're tired of not seeing their friends. And they're tired of getting the shots. Everyone's anxious to get back to normal life, but it's at a cost. It's not It's not going seamless. There's, there's a lot of disruption because people aren't getting these shots and a lot of people getting sick, a lot of people getting hospitalized. It's very frustrating for public health officials because they're widely available. They're, they've never been easier to get, but it's just not happening. And you may protect a family member over the holidays. You may not know you have COVID and you may be protecting them. Yeah, not only that, but you might be protecting yourself from getting long COVID or getting seriously ill. If you had your th- second or third shot maybe a year ago at this point, you don't really have any of that protection left. That's all gone. These shots last about three to four months. So if you haven't had a shot in a while, then you're you're vulnerable and you're out there. These bivalent booster shots, they are definitely different than the original booster shots that people might have gotten before. So bivalent means that they're coded both for the original strain of COVID and also for the Omicron variant. And given that the newest subvariants that we're seeing are descendants of the Omicron subvariant, really these booster shots are the best tool available to protect against the virus that's currently circulating. There's a lot of talk once again because of the rising cases. Do we see mask mandates coming back? In a word, no. It's clearly people are over wearing masks and public health officials have recognized that and they're really leaving it up to the individuals. So we're talking from the CDC, you know, on a national level, down to the county health officers. They've been very insistent that they're not going to bring back mask mandates. They say, you know, people, three years into the pandemic, people know how things work. They know that masks will protect them. 
if they're going to a grocery store, if they're going to a party or, or working in the office. But no one's talking about bringing back that requirement, you know, on a government level. There, you know, there is there are some exceptions. Like LA County has said, if things continue to get worse, if the hospitals are under stress, they will implement a mask mandate. I think a lot of people are keeping that option open, but not until things get really bad. And of course, as COVID levels have gotten worse in the Bay Area, there are some settings like in uh, jails and homeless shelters where there's an automatic trigger where masking is required once they hit a moderate level of COVID in in those communities. No matter how bad things get this winter, it doesn't look like, you know, we're going to get Governor Newsom saying, all right, everyone wear masks inside again. So Claire, overall, I mean, with this stage of the pandemic that we are at now, how should people take in all this information? What should they be feeling about their safety and what should should they do? The experts that I've talked to, they expect less severe illness with this winter wave than previous winter waves, which is the good news. But still, you know, with these newest subvariants, BQ1, BQ1.1, XBB, they make up about 70% of cases nationwide. And it does mean that there's a higher chance of getting infected, which like Ideen said, there's that possibility that you get infected and you could have long COVID. Another really concerning development is that these newest subvariants, because they're able to evade antibodies, a lot of antibody treatments that immunocompromised people depend on are becoming less effective as well. The last monoclonal antibody treatment was just the FDA just paused authorization for it because it's not expected to neutralize BQ1 and BQ1.1. So I would say definitely get the bivalent booster shot. Like Ideen said, they're widely available. It's not unreasonable to start considering wearing masks, especially if you're high risk. And other Experts have said that it might not also be unreasonable to ask before gathering for the holidays to get a test, ask people to get a test and just make sure that they're not ill before gathering. If you feel sick, obviously stay home. A lot of the same things that we've all learned how to do over the last three years to stay safe. All right. Before we go, Ideen, I have to ask you, you've been covering COVID, the pandemic for us for the entire time. You finally got it, did I hear? Yes, I. it, it was brought home to me because, because I never leave the house and I, I was super careful. You were incredibly careful. Yes, exactly. No one's seen me out in the real world, but came to my house and these new subvariants are so contagious that despite all my precautions, opening windows, running air filters, even wearing a mask at home, it got me. It was as bad as I expected. It lasted two weeks. I still feel breathless when I go for a a substantial walk. It's terrible. You don't want it. (laughs) Do anything you can to avoid it. Yeah, well, I'm sorry to hear that. We're glad you're okay. Thanks, Aideen. Thanks, Claire, for joining me. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thanks to my guests today. They are both Chronicle reporters, Aideen Vaziri and Claire Howe. Thanks to Gary Vaca for producing this episode, and thank you for listening.